Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the PHNX Rising podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is Ramon Chavez, and I'm super happy to be here. And alongside me is my partner, as always, Owen Evans, and, of course, El Jefe, Edwin Perez. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, a lot of uh, World Cup qualifications today. Um, sadly, Owen's boys had to wait until June, but a lot of teams have, have make, made their mark to Qatar. Sadly, Colombia, which I'm half Colombian, will not. it seems like they will not be there, so I'm a little sad about that. Yeah. You know, I'm just to Michael's comment there. I don't know. I don't know if I've calmed down yet. It's uh, oof. it's a bad weekend. Yeah, yeah no, it was definitely. It was a great weekend to be a soccer fan, but it was a bad weekend to be a Phoenix Rising fan. That's for sure. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about today, especially that loss on Saturday at home against San Diego Loyal. So we're definitely going to touch on that. Uh, we did get some updates as well today uh, from Rick at his uh, head, uh, at his press conference today from Rick Shantz. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Then we'll talk about the scores around the USL and see what's going on around that. Some surprising uh, scores this weekend, so definitely something to look forward to. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about World Cup qualifying. Of course, we can't we can't ignore it, you know, especially happening now. So a lot uh, a lot to talk about today. But of course, we're going to start with the loss on Saturday. Um, Owen was able to get some uh, thoughts from Rick this uh, Tuesday. Uh, and let's just start off with that. Let's see what Rick had to say about Saturday show. Um, it's personnel. It, it, I disagree with all the pundits out there that we need to change our system. It's, um, listen, we've been doing this for four years. And one of our big problems right now is not, not trusting the guys behind us when we're pressing uh, not closing the spaces that we need to be closing and it's too easy to play through us. So um, we've actually had two really good days. You know, the focus has been on competition. Um, we've actually started instilled something that I've always thought about a little bit. Uh, Anson Dorrance made it famous at North Carolina where they called it the competitive cauldron and every exercise had points that could be earned and individual players were scored and rated. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very harsh reality, but right after training, then you put those scores and those ratings up on the, in the locker room. And, and uh, we've seen, a, you know, a huge jump in energy 
it might also have to do with the fact that, you know, we've lost two games and the guys are, they know that they're fighting for their jobs and, and they're fighting for their profession. So um, it, it's right now it's, it's go time for us and we have to compete. We have to compete at the highest level. We have to do what we do and do it well. Um, you know, I, they're, they're, this team is very capable of being very good. Uh, it's not about, do we need to play a 4-4-2, a 3-5-2? That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the guys that are on the field competing and fighting and showing more desire. I think in the first half against San Diego, we were very timid. I think we played with fear. Um, and when you play with fear against a good team, you uh, we got killed. We couldn't get close to them in midfield because we weren't pressing from the front line and uh, the, the fullbacks weren't getting tight fast enough. So um there was a whole multitude of reasons why we didn't perform well in the second half i think you saw desperation and um the the group started to play loose and to go for it and after we got the second goal i think the the emotion of getting the second goal and tying it was kind of like oh good thank god and we again we had a letdown um and you gave up the third goal and then we started to play loose again and um but it's it, that that's going to come. That'll take time for for them to to realize how significant it is that, that you start faster and more competitive. So, what was the main thrust then of the message that you gave to the boys uh, after the match? Um, we're not competing. We're not competing in training every day. We're not competing in the games. We're not winning 50-50 balls. We're not winning duels. Um, you throw all the tactics out the window. If It doesn't matter what system you play if you're not going to win duels and you're not going to compete and you're not going to work as hard as you possibly can physically. Um, they run a lot. They put in a lot of effort, you know, in their accelerations and decelerations, their change of direction, their high-speed running numbers are fantastic, but we just don't, we don't run into people. And it, in the USL, it's a very physical game and, um, we have to be more physical. So I told them that we were going to train Monday and I expected things to get a little bit more competitive in training. All right. So a lot to take in from that mini, uh, video. It was a little bit longer than the, than the, than the ones we usually play, but, uh, First thing that I kind of caught off of this was that, oh, I know when you might know a little bit more. So do they usually get Mondays off after a game and Sundays and Mondays off? Is that typically how it happens? I don't believe so. No, um, Sundays, yes, but not Mondays to my knowledge. Mondays back to work. So uh, Rick was talking about instilling a competitive system. He called it the cauldron. So can you, uh, can you uh, explain a little bit more why he, what he meant by that? Yeah, so they're just trying to create a, a system where these boys are competing against each other in a more tangible way, I guess, during training. Um, it's something that, especially when I asked um, later on about, you know, we'd heard all the right things coming out of that Vegas game and and we'd heard about, you know, they were going to come out and, and they were going to show their heart and they were going to do all of that because that loss to Vegas was a disappointment in no uncertain terms. And then you had that first half and it was dire. And I asked him, you know, well, what, why didn't it click? And one of the things he put forward was what well, we almost trained like it was just never, just another week. And and maybe they need to get away from that. Maybe they need to 
actually show that kind of urgency uh, throughout the week to make sure the boys are coming in with that by by match day. Edwin, how do you feel about that uh, already third weekend and, and playing with the sense of urgency? Well, I think it's it's going to be a good thing because I think it's going to lead to a response from the team. But for me, I think the urgency should have been from the start. You know, I think that you, when you're Phoenix Rising, you need to get out to uh, you need to get points in every game. That's like the fan expectation. And so I think that it kind of it kind of confuses me why there was a lack of competition, a lack of urgency in, every, in all these games, because I get you can be complacent and all that. But this is not the end of the year. This was a fresh year that we were starting there came off a Monterey Bay game that they won. But it's, again, a Las Vegas Lights game that you should you, you should get points. Again, they're playing well, so it can't take away from the lights. And then another game at home against Loyal. So I, it, it, it confuses me that they need – they see now that they need this urgency and they see now that they need these this competition. You know, I, that, that part's what, what's throwing me off a little bit. Well, you know, I'd have almost understood the, the complacency a little bit more with the lights game, right? I get yeah. that. They're a team that you historically look down on. Um, but San Diego, like, you know, there's almost that question of why did the boys need motivating to play San Diego? Surely, you know, playing that team, which is a rival, which is a competitor, uh, typically, and is expected to be, um, kind of the end of the season. Why did they need extra motivation? I mean, that's one of the games that you circle on the calendar at the start of the year, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why I'm a little perplexed by the fact that, like, same thing that Edwin says, uh, it's already so early in the season, and it should have already been like that. They should have already been playing with that sense of urgency if if they are to be the best team in the in the USL. Uh, second point, um, and then to your point, Ed, uh, Owen, is that instead of circling this game on the calendar, they came out scared, according to Rick, uh, during that San Diego, and especially in the first half. So what did you guys make of that? That, that was actually my first question to you guys they kind of had like a lazy start as well uh, uh in las vegas so back-to-back games they they ultimately end but uh lose both of those games so why do you why does Phoenix continue to to have these slow starts after that monterey four goal half at the beginning of the season i mean it throws yeah sorry i'm gonna jump in real quick and i know you're gonna make a better point but it it throws me off that the phoenix rising are scared I mean, everyone, especially going to Phoenix, they're the scared team to play. You know, like everyone is afraid to go to Phoenix and play because they know how hard it is to get points. So you would feel like at home, after a big loss, they would be urgent. They would be the ones that are the aggressors. They they would be the ones with full confidence that with the fans there, they're going to go and get the three points. So that part, again, is just playing playing scared in in front of your home. Is this going to be a characteristic the new team i don't think so they're gonna figure it out but again that's just not something that phoenix rising who should be one of the best in the west you know competing for that regular season title scared against what what, what is kind of a middle pack team in san diego loyal that that it's just confusing but i think that you have to you have to think about it as scared isn't necessarily as in the opposition scare you it was more a case of being scared of making mistakes and that's something that comes with the weight of expectations that this team always has 
And, you know, especially when you're playing a team like San Diego at home, there's that level of expectation that you're going to get a result in that game. And, you know, we, we know that we can see it now because we can see all the fallout from the fact that they didn't. Um, and I think that was it. It's, it's just a case of overthinking. It's a case of not fully being in the game per se, but being caught up in a load of other mental things that just means that for whatever reason, just things aren't clicking. Things aren't, they, you know, they're not able to execute. They're, I mean, you, you look at it, we can talk about, and I know it did, it did come up in the press conference about, you know, what's not working on the attack. And Rick was, well, look, we've scored all these, these goals. It's like, great, but you scored one of them, uh, which was, I'll be honest, a bit of a fluky goal, I think, actually, against Vegas. When you look at it back, it, it was really close to the goalkeeper, yeah. wasn't it? Let's be real. Yeah. Um, and then you had those two goals in a matter of minutes against San Diego. But, you know, we're not talking about 90-minute performances from the attack. In fact, we haven't seen a 90-minute a performance from really any part of the team for the entirety of the season. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's only three games. Look, there's a there's a long way to go from here, but it's still a bit concerning, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, and to your point, Owen, like, you know, we saw the first 45 minutes against Monterey Bay. Fantastic, perfect right off the bat. But after that, I I think only those 10 minutes where they scored those two goals this last Saturday were the 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 time where you could say Phoenix played really well, where they were the aggressor, where they were the ones coming coming up with the ideas instead of trying to figure it out uh, on the fly. So definitely something to, to look uh, for in their next game. Uh, the third pointer in that Rick video was that he wanted the team to be more physical. He seems that they're physically outmatched when they play. Besides the, the physicality, what are some other reasons? Is it is it tactical? Is it the setup? Is it the work rate for, of of the of the players that's that's leading to these losses and these slow starts? I just think that, and and part of it is the physicality, but part of it is, well, it, it comes down to where you draw the line, I guess. Are the crosses poor, or is the attempt to be on the end of a cross poor? Um, and it's it's one or two because the crossing numbers aren't looking good um, overall, so. That really is something to worry about, um, especially if you're going to be forced to resort to that at times, as they seem to spray no shortage. We know in Vegas, at least, they spray no shortage of crosses into the area. Um, it, it just feels like, yes, there's that. There's also a, a point whereby, and I think this is somewhere where, where Rick was really, really keen on to, to point out today, is the transitional defense, um, as I tweeted earlier he just called it crap um but you know it goes beyond that it was that people were properly committing uh they were pressuring more than pressing but in doing so they're staying up the field they're being aggressive in their positioning but not necessarily as aggressive as they should be in their play they're not winning the ball higher up the field and the problem with that is that when you push people up to win the ball higher up the field and they don't you concede goals you end up in a case where, you know, a lot of, you know, let's look at it realistically, you know, Joe Farrell, Manuel Madrid, even James Moussa to an extent, they're not the quickest players. Uh, Moussa probably the quickest of the three there, but they're not the quickest players. So when you have them up against players that are pacey, they will struggle. Yeah, no, and and that's one of the things I noticed, and I mentioned it to 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 you guys in our in our little group chat that when I was watching the game back today, 
uh, the transitional defense was definitely a key point. I think two of San Diego's goals came off uh, a really good rising chance, but then them just not being able to track back and San Diego just taking advantage of the of the poor defense. So uh, definitely agree with Rick on that when it comes to, to something that needs to improve. Um, now that you mentioned Musa, he did return to the lineup his first start this season. He did get a goal, which put rising back in the game. But overall, how did you guys uh, see his performance uh, uh, on Saturday? I think it's hard to judge any individual's performance. Um, and that goes for what I'm sure we're going to get onto later, which is who do we need to see improve? The problem was is that it was an all-around poor performance by the team as a whole. And so then, you know, almost everyone could have done something better in there. But it's also hard to point fingers then and say, well, you know, they should have done this or they should have, done that because ultimately would it have made a difference and i think in the in the case of the game as a whole probably not no yeah it's just very hard to judge exactly what moose is doing is when it's the whole back line that are struggling as a whole because it would take you know any of us to study each each of the defensive you know um defenders and watch their 90 and see what position what's going on positioning also midfield you know the support back there what's going on with them and the communication so i feel like when it comes to musa itself um you know props to him to you know get a goal i mean <laughs> in his first start to start back well it's a little weird that it seems like the de- uh, the defense is coming up with the goals rather than the attack and uh, for Musa, I think it's just him getting getting his legs back into to that starting lineup. And, you know, I think he's going to improve as, you know, more and more starts are going to happen because I think he's going to be that guy that's going to be one of the key turnaround points for, for Rising. And again, you kind of, you know, again, going back to the transitional defense thing, when, when you're struggling in that transition and people are, are coming away then with counterattacks against you, it's always going to look some of those guys at the back look bad. Um, the reality is, is that they've been set up for failure. Uh, I'm laughing because of uh, Justin's comments here. He says this is a very somber show today. Uh, no, it's okay. We got... <laughs> Go ahead, Owen. We'll get more fun lately. I'm sure we'll get oh, later on. We'll get more fun later on. Hopefully, once, hopefully. once it does start coming in, uh, let's transition and talk about the offense. So, uh, absent something more, uh, third straight game, no goals, no assists for either of them. What's going on? What's going on with these two guys? Well, you know what? I think because this was also something that came up in the press comments today. Why don't we check it over to, I think we got a Rick clip about the fact that he flipped them around. So, Edward, can we get that one up? So, obviously, on the weekend, we saw you uh, experiment with, with Marcus and Santi switched. What did you think about that? It didn't matter what side they were on. I don't think either one of them were pressing with intent to win the ball. I think they were on offense. They were both... Um, they were both struggling, struggling a little bit to get separation from their player. I thought Elijah Martin was probably the best player on the field that day. Um, you know, uh, we couldn't get anything going on that side. And when we switched, I think where, where we found success was um, playing early, not, not, not hesitating for the perfect moment. We were crossing the ball early. We were shooting early. We were doing things very fast. And I think that was kind of, like I said, it was out of desperation, but the playing with those two on either side, it's, it had nothing to do with their performance. It, I just think that neither one of them were um, 
fully committed and engaged in the pressing moments. I have to say, this was one of the, you know, I mean, just to say this is the most somber show, uh, or a very somber show, but like the press conference today was honestly like, I can't remember one quite like that. Um, it felt kind of, you know, there wasn't so much of the, oh, we'll just bounce back kind of thing. It was very serious in a way that I think we haven't gotten used to seeing from Rick. And a lot of that is because, yeah, we, we don't see back-to-back losses. This is the first one since, what, 2018, wasn't it? No, you know, so. that we, we don't see back-to-back losses. We don't see performances, frankly, that were as bad as it was against San Diego. Um, he did point out quite a few flaws about the wingers there. Um, it's it's a complicated one, isn't it? Because you start getting into the the point of what do you do? You know, we can we can talk about should Marcus Epps be replaced. We can talk about should Santi uh, be replaced. I think that that talk is, in some ways, a little bit harsh to just judge them on a couple of games, um, especially in the case of guys like Santi who have had so much success with this club. Um, when you look back at last season and what he did last season, the way that when he just kind of switched on, he switched on and the whole league, you know, you didn't want to come up against him because he would go for a run of five or six games scoring in every one. And for two or three of those games, typically he'd have effectively picked the team up on his back and carried them to victory, you know? So it's, it's hard, isn't it? Cause they definitely didn't have a good game against San Diego in the same way they didn't have a good game against uh, Las Vegas Lights. But what do you do? Because, you know, where do you go from here? Who are, who are the guys who can be the real game changers if you if you look at replacing any of those? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's that's a really good question because, uh, you know, what I thought was going to happen was that Kalistri was going to come in for Marcus Epps uh, like he did in the Las Vegas game. And Kalistri was able to at least put a decent cross in and, and hope for something, especially once Repetto uh, eventually came into the game. But he ended up playing in the back. Uh, and then they put Chaston in uh, on the right, uh, on the right hand side. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a weird question. Do we give them more, uh, not a weird question, but it's an honest question. You know, do, do you give them more time? Like Justin is saying, uh, I'm inclined to give Ips more time just to adjust since his new, which is right. Um, or do you kind of cut your losses and say, you know what, you're just going to start off uh, in the bench for a little bit and see if we can kind of bring you up to speed after that. Um, well, I know. I know we're going to get onto this later, aren't we? With all the changes. Um, because of course changes were, Maybe promised, maybe threatened. Um, we'll see. So one more thing about Marcus Epps. I was looking at the stats on the USL website, uh, USL Championship website. So Marcus Epps has no shots either attempted or on target from what I saw on the website. And then over the course of the three regular season games, he has a 9.1 accuracy during crosses. So basically one out of the 11 that he's crossed in. Those are not good numbers. So no, those are really not good numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Owen, if you want to confirm, they, they're so they're so bad that I'm actually looking yeah. them up I'll now. Check them for me if you can. Check that. That's what I, I, I will. I will. And even if they're not exactly the same, the the exact numbers that I'm saying, Edwin, what, what does this tell you about Marcus Epps? Does, is he just dribbling to towards defenders and not doing anything? Is is he not taking on players one on one like you know he he was supposed to or like he was last year? I, I think it's it's the case where sometimes when a new player, you know, gets to a club, 
you know, there's this different type of gelling, different type of, you know, uh, kind of playing early on. And I think we're seeing a little bit of a hesitant Marcus Epps because I truly believe he he's the guy who can, you know, beat people and want to take those situations on. He's not going to win it every single time. And I don't think that's what we're asking of him, but he's definitely a guy who's able to press on, you know, get uh, open up chances, you know, create, you know, create space. And that's not, that's not, it's not been the case. And I think it's a little bit of also gelling with, with the backs. I think um, early on, he was struggling being in the same flank as uh, Darnell King. And for me in the last game, I think he, he did better with Babu. I think those two connected better but I think given, you know, halftime, what was the situation? Um, Rick Rick felt that he needs to switch, which I get it because he needs to come up with something creative and all that. So I, I would like to see him have more time to develop because I think he is going to kind of get there. But I really do think that Babu and Epps was, is more effective than Epps with Darnell King. And I think Santi is going to also play better with Darnell if, all four of those still play because as, as we're going to talk about later, there's changes coming. So I think they got to give time for that to, to gel, but this is definitely not been the Marcus Epps that we expected this season. Yeah. And if so I remember- just, uh, sorry, ahead. I have managed to pull the stats up. You are indeed correct. Marcus Epps is yet to take a shot in the regular season. He's attempted 11 crosses of which one has actually been accurate in his defense. Here's what I can also add. His long passing accuracy is high, but it's a very low number. Um, and he is creating chances, even if not in the ways that, you know, you'd expect. By he, so under chances created, which is a stat that USL records, you've got Aiden Quinn on the top with 10, Arturo Rodriguez in second with seven, and then it's Marcus Epps with five. So that's his, he's not necessarily crossing. Maybe he's creating them on the ground. Hmm. But he's not shooting and he's not crossing effectively, or he's not shooting and not crossing well. Now, as a winger, that's that's a bit of an issue, right? Especially if you if you need to create for the team, and uh, and especially you know with with back to back losses like <laughs> like we've had in the last two games. Well, it probably exposes what we I think what, when there was criticism or, or there were question marks around Marcus Epps when he first came in. Uh, that one of the reasons for that was the goal scoring and. The way that I think we we rationalized that away was that it didn't hugely matter so long as the people around him are scoring because he could be the creator. The problem is, is that the people around him aren't scoring or they're not scoring over the course of 90 minutes. And so now what you'd kind of expect or what we've seen in the past when you had two wingers that were that were both goal scoring threats is that it's okay, we'll look over to the next guy. You know, it would be if uh, Santi wasn't scoring, you'd look over to Solo and vice versa. Or, you know, in previous years when you've had other wingers that are high goal scorers. Look, it, the problem there, it, it, it really singles him out because you think, well, is he going to step up? And it's not necessarily the kind of player that he is. He is that more creative guy. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, he's able to turn it up. And like the thing, uh, and, and I vividly remember talking about this in those in our preseason shows that he's not super the the high scoring guy that maybe Solo was, like you were saying, and more creative. And, and the numbers definitely reflect that. So, um, but still, I want some goals as well. If if he could sprinkle those in, that'd be nice. 
Um, all right, so we did have uh, Rick talking about maybe some changes that were coming up this week against San Antonio. Uh, Owen, you were able to get a, a video uh, from the press conference, so let's take a look at that. What are some of the uh, positions that you're that have open battles this week? Everything. Are there any that you're uh, eyeing more than others uh, as places you might want to make changes? No, not really. It'll. Uh, my thought right now, you'd be looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven possible players that didn't start last week or in a different position. See, that different position at the end that, you know, you, you've got to put, yeah, it was the thinking there. And that does change, I think, the the picture for what um, what you expect, but. Yeah, so I want the chat to get involved in this one because we're gonna have a little fun here. I know, I know, it's been a very somber show, but uh, a little <laughs> fun to see, kind of pick, uh, do a little bit of build the lineup here. Um, and and yeah, Justin, I agree. Uh, holy crap, the way he said everything. Uh, and I don't know who asked that question, but I'm sure he kind of like, oh shoot, <laughs> I expected a little bit more than that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, gave me shivers as well. So he said up to seven changes from the starting lineup last week, whether it was player or just the position on the field so owen edwin i'll kind of chuck it up to you guys first to see what that kind of lets you know i know it's it can mean a thousand different things but what do you think so i sat here and just worked out like what i could see a potential 11 as being um just out of pure intrigue um so i think that ben lunt's gonna stay in the squad i think james moose is gonna stay in the squad if we're talking about people changing position, remember that Darnell King, as the captain, are you going to drop the team captain? Maybe no. you just shift him over to the left because he can play there. He played on the right. He's typically a right back, but we know that when he's needed, he can play at left back. Uh, we know that, for example, if you kept Arturo Rodriguez in the side, he could play on the wing. Uh, I'm not sure if he will stay in or not. Um, there was some some of the talk today about how you know, when the defensive transition things were leaving uh, Kev in a really awkward position. And the way that that was spoken makes me think that Kev might still be in the lineup as well. Um, but besides that, you know, there's, there's quite a few options. I mean, Manuel Madrid could come in. You could be looking at Joey Calistri or Channing Chasen at right back, especially if King slots over to left back. Um, you wouldn't put Flood there? Sorry? You wouldn't put Flood there? Ryan Flood? You know what? I wouldn't simply for the fact that I don't see again, unless you're going to stick with uh, Darnell at right back, um, and you just have Flood, I guess, replacing uh, Jai. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's, it's then it's not another change. I, I was doing this all based on the numbers of how many changes I had to make. Um, and I was thinking about who else would I change then if I wasn't doing that. Um, also worth remembering that Flood wasn't in the 18. Uh, last weekend, yeah, so me. yeah, yeah, very surprising um, about that actually. It's it doesn't surprise me the most. It's we, we've seen that quite a bit where Rick will leave uh, leave Ryan out at times, yeah. And I think just having Channing, you know, being able to either play in the front or in the back, uh, as uh, as a fullback or up top as a winger, so I think that kind of versatility kind of helps mm-hmm. him out a little bit as well. Uh, Michael here had his uh, his thoughts. He says Lunt, Darnell, Musa, Farrell, Channing, 
Kev Seijas, which is the one I was going to suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos, Jonah, Greg, and Richmond uh, on tweet. So uh, I know I, that's a that's a very weird lineup to me because it feels yeah. very uh, central. I'm going to be frank. Like you've got Kev Seijas, Carlos, and Jonah. What what are you doing? Are you ramming the cent like the center circle? Like it's <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like it's I don't think it's gonna go to a four four two just to just to answer. No, it's it's a it's an option that's on the table, but like it it's one of those things where you almost wonder what does it necessarily fix. Uh, compared to where they've been struggling in the last game. I think if he's to go to a 4-4-2, I could see it being more because that's what matches the players that he wants to pick more than uh, a conscious decision to put it the other way around. And Scott, no, I don't think we're going to put defenders as the front three. Uh, (laughs) As funny as that would be, I'm sure, to see Manuel Madrid lining up up top. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's see Justin's here. I, so. I will say that Luis Manuel Seijas, uh, Rick did speak about having to find a way to get him involved uh, today. That he's been impressed. That he's done everything that he can really be asked to do coming off the bench. And so, you know, as a team, they've got to find a way of getting him involved. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest to see him start in this coming weekend. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Uh, Justin, he has a lunt. King, Musa, Kalistri, uh, Channing Chastin, Lambert, Anguiano, Quinn, Moore, uh, Flood, and Hurst. That's See, I think I, I think that Moore stays in. I think that Santi, again, for the reasons that I, I was talking about earlier, um, even if he's struggling a bit, this guy is a he's a game changer. When, when he hits form, when he hits form, he's a game changer. And I think that it's a huge statement, to be honest, to drop him to the bench. And look, you know, the other thing that I'll say, we're talking about these seven changes. Let's be clear here. Up to seven changes. Yeah. And let's remember that in a week where all the talk is, you know, let's, oh, the boys, they aren't competing enough. They aren't showing the right amount of desire. Is Rick seriously going to make seven changes? Or is he telling us that as a message to his own players that he's not afraid to make changes if he has to and that they can't expect to hold on to any given position because if they don't want to show up, they're going to find themselves on the bench. Could that be the case? Yeah. No, and I think he's sending a clear message with with up to seven message, uh, changes, like you're saying. I think one of, one of the things that I'm seeing here is that uh, Rodriguez is is pretty much – being dropped from the lineup is that what we're feeling or you need a little bit more of a I guess defensive output if I if I were to put it in one way just from him I know creatively he's been doing great but defensively I think Rick is expecting a little bit more I I could see that but also at the same time um without you know given all the talk about physicality I mean, let's talk about Carlos Anguiano as an example. He's not the biggest of guys, is he? Come he on. Is not. Yeah. He's not. He's a small guy. So if we're going to talk about physicality and we're going to talk about getting getting bullied off of everything, why why would you necessarily put him ahead of a guy like Arturo? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Anguiano gets gets a gets playing time. 
Uh, Justin says, Rodriguez needs to take a little step back for a second. Rick called him out for holding the ball too much. So I could see this as a message to him. Uh, whatever Rick does, they need to get back on track now, says Wolf Fire. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> a lot of a lot of opinions today on in regards to that. And then, like Owen said, you, Rising hasn't seen this since 2018. Back-to-back losses, the way that they lost especially. So uh, something definitely to... Uh, that the fans are not used to. And I kind of felt that too. I don't know if you guys kind of feel the same way when uh, we're over there in the press box. Quiet as a mouse, you know, especially after those two goals. The the halftime was kind of like, you know, not a lot of atmosphere. And then as soon as those two goals happened, the 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 place became a madhouse again. You know, they were ready to cheer on the team to a victory because that's typically what they expect. And then San Diego was able to get their third goal and it kind of calmed things down again. So it's, it did, but, uh, you know, let's, let's give it to the South End. They definitely had some players on the San Diego side that they were happy, happy to shout at even after <laughs> conceding that goal. Yeah, no, I, I heard it. I stood there the first half. I heard everything. So <laughs> definitely, definitely weren't happy with some of those San Diego players for sure. Uh, any last thoughts on that game from uh, against San Diego this Saturday, guys? <laughs> Dala. Do we continue the somber mood, Owen? Is the uh, the question? You know what? You know what? I am um, at this point. Let's put that game into a box, mm. and we put it outside. And if the boys can pull out a result on Saturday, it's time to burn the box and just forget about that game altogether. But for now, let's just lock it away in a box, okay? Yeah, big week, big week coming up for Rising for sure. All right, y'all. So before we continue with the show, I do have to talk to you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. If you guys haven't yet, you guys are missing out on some of the best action out there, especially for college fans right now. Final Four is coming up this weekend, so definitely a good time to join DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you haven't downloaded the app, what are you waiting for? You can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. All right. Yeah, I did that without messing it up. I'm kind of proud of myself. All right, y'all. Um, let's go around and take a look at what happened this weekend around the USL. So, Owen, any, any results to kind of piqued your interest uh this past weekend yeah i ex- i tell you what one that really did uh grab my attention a little bit was the fact that birmingham legion lost again um this time at home against colorado spring switchbacks it's not necessarily a surprise switchbacks are a good team but really this well. birmingham legion team is a, is a team that we were expecting to be a, a competitor in the in the east and they're kind of suffering a, a phoenix rising style uh slow start out the gates in fact of the same ilk well they've actually got less points but you know you, you look at it they got that draw in that first game against um against tampa bay and you think okay good good start for them you know it's a tough game at home grind out a result and then they got to tulsa and they lose 
you know? And then they come back home and play Colorado Springs. Again, a good team, but this game was being played in Alabama and it's 2-0 to Colorado Springs. That's, you know, it's it's not a good start for them and they've probably got to be asking some of the same questions that, that we are here about. Is this really what you'd expect out of a, a good team that, that could actually put up a run early doors? Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on Louisville and the Rowdies, Tampa Bay, uh, both teams uh, on top of the Eastern Conference division, and were only able to get draws, um, Louisville against Indy, and then Tampa Bay against Hartford, Hartford Athletic? I think that for Louisville, you have to, don't get me wrong, right? Is Indy struggling? Yes. Is Mark Lowry having a tough time adjusting? Yes. Um, and that's down to a lot of things. It was a lot of movement of people off the field. You know, there's a lot of new players in and there's a lot of settling down issues and trying to pull all that together. But, you know, you have to look beyond that a bit. Um, they, they're close to Louisville, right? As, as I suppose that's the joke, isn't it? With the, was it the Louisville Indianapolis proximity association football contest i think they call it it's just oh. meant to be a, it's meant to be a joke of local rivalries because at the end of the day local rivalries in the u.s are bizarre they're not like you know local rivalries around the world are a big thing because you're all really close whereas here it's just <laughs> you know the guys three hours up the road that you never see you know yeah but you know that was a derby game they drew that's yeah. not a huge surprise. I think that Hartford as a draw for Tampa Bay is a little bit more of a worry. Um, I mean, also shout out. Can we shout out to Loudon as well, getting a draw against I Miami? Saw, yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to Loudon. They are unbeaten through three games. Loudon United. Who would have thought that? No, for sure. <laughs> no, because they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> no sugar. They're, haven't haven't they what, gotten the wooden spoon two times in a row? I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah, oh man, they're not. They're, they're not a good team historically. They're poor. Yeah, they're doing something right this season. So they clearly are, and it's a problem because it's the first time that Rising's actually going to face them. Oh <laughs> no, no. See, we don't want to be somber. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, and then I think there was one other result. Ah, who was it? That Oakland Monterey. That Oakland Monterey Bay game. Yeah. It look. It it's been a struggle for for Juan Guerra. Um. Taking over that Oakland side, he's not, you know, hit the ground running at all. That's three losses to start the season. And look, I mean, I mean, everyone here, we know that there's no one from Phoenix who has any ill wishes towards him. Um, everyone wants to see him do well, except for when they play against Phoenix, obviously. Um, but look, it's just, I, I haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't seen enough of their games to really deep dive into what it is that's going wrong but clearly something's not right you know two away games to start the season you think okay okay i can understand that and then they come home against an expansion team in Monterey bay that has been on the road for the entire season and give up three goals can't get a result there yeah give up three goals it's it's a rough start for him um gonna have to see if he can turn it around yeah, for sure. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, I, I was kind of surprised with this one, but, you know, after those, you know, two wins, uh, they lose to Memphis. So 1-0 the score there. Uh, 
Player of the week, uh, I think Justin shouted him out. Shout out to Jackson Conway with the Hattie for Atlanta uh, United 2 against Charleston Battery. So that was interesting. I watched the highlights for the San Antonio game against RGV. And uh, I don't know. I kind of felt unimpressed a little bit by the way the game was played. Maybe because it was just really tough for both teams, really physical. So any, any thoughts on that one? Those games in RGV, oh, no. I mean, look, it's early doors, which is good if you had to play there. Like, let's just take an example. No one wants to go there in August because it's, you know, you have to imagine you're going to somewhere that is hot, but it's also humid as hell. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah, you want to get No, this. there's a reason that a lot of good teams go away to RGV and struggle. And that's because the, the weather there, you know, we always talk about how for rising it's an advantage playing at home, having all the, uh, having all the heat here in the summer. RGV, ugh, ugh. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to do that for sure. Uh, Justin here, uh, Jackson Conway, after scoring a, a goal, he took his shirt off while he already had a yellow and he got sent off. I don't oh, like that. that brings back memories. I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that at all. I think the players should be allowed to celebrate. That, that's the big problem I had with the NFL back in the day. Even the NBA, you know, the little bit of emotion that they show, they'll so tee him up. But, you, but you're allowed to <laughs> celebrate. It's just you're not allowed to take... Because think about it this way. You take your shirt off, what's your identifying feature anymore? Because you, you, your identifying feature is the number. Yeah. Like, that. that's a real part of this. I'm well, really looking know? at the referee point of view things. We, we just got to have fun. You know, I scored a hat trick. Come on. Let me celebrate. I mean, one of the most iconic it wasn't in, moments. It wasn't in that game, to be clear. It wasn't in that game. It, this was last yeah. season, I think. Yeah, but Owen, I mean, one of the most iconic moments when Messi took off his jersey in the Bernabeu and showed it to the fans. I mean, come on, you you gotta you gotta enjoy those type of moments. But you, but you you know, that's the thing. You 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 get to do it if you want. You've just got to be smart about that. You know, you're gonna get a yellow. <laughs> no different than when you. Although I do it too. I want to show off, you know, my my washboard apps. So. <laughs> well, maybe that's what we'll do now because we have hit 500 followers, haven't we? That is true. 500 followers. We have. So maybe Ramon can go and show off his, his abs at the next Rising Home game. <laughs> hey, that's not, that's not an ab right there. So. Are you sure? We need to find something. So I mean, that's one option. We all got to do it. So Just saying, if the, chat wa- if the chat wants to see Ramon's abs at the next game, please let us know. I know Justin is excited. He's already hopped straight in there with a the let's go. <laughs> no, play, play, uh, pay for a private chef, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. I think we've got to stick with the abs. I think this oh, is. For five on, you've, been so, you've, been to, you've been bigging these up now, you know. We've, we've got to know. Me 10K. Give me 10K and I'll take my shirt off. There you go. <laughs> we can't give you 10K. I'll give you 500 followers on Twitter. Oh, 500 followers. <laughs> I'll, I'll show an elbow or something. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> no, but for real, we appreciate everybody, especially the chat for. Uh, for hanging with us because I know I was talking about it every day, but we gotta do something. We'll we'll figure something out. We'll probably give something out to uh, on our Twitter just to celebrate. We did we were having something given out today, but I know Owen. I don't know if you had a comment because it was a white shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've all got our doubts about the white shirt, but you know if you want to go over there and grab, you know, put your hat in the ring. You know we are giving away a signed white shirt, so make sure to hop on. Uh, check us out at phnx underscore underscore rising. Yeah double the underscores double the fun but um you know yeah hop in there we've got a giveaway so make sure to follow the instructions on there give Uh, it a try and and see if you can get your hands on it justin wants a shirtless post-game show 
So just a little <laughs> only <laughs> from you though. Only from you. I mean, you got the plot. You came out with it. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say something, but uh, yeah. No, thank you, Michael. Appreciate you. Justin says that's a hot white candy. So, all right, y'all. So yeah, yeah. Just to end end uh, the show here tonight. Thank you for for sticking with us uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, qualifying for the World Cup. We're pretty much set. I think we only have like three more more uh, teams or uh, nations, I mean, that, that can get into it. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow we have, of course, the CONCACAF. Um, Canada's pretty much in. The U.S., uh, they have to lose by, like, six goals or something in order for Costa Rica to get their place. And then Mexico just has to tie or win in order to make it. So definitely, definitely great. What did you guys think of uh, this weekend's games? Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't watch any of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, no whales. I was no too busy going. watching USL. I was too busy watching USL, you know? Right when you were talking about the US playing against Panama and I was sitting there slogging my way through RGV against San Antonio, you know? I only watched the pinnacle of football, right? I, I turned away from for one second because uh, I was watching some MLS Next Pro games as well. And then the US... Oh, had- who speaks the name... They're not in the same tier. It's different. We, we don't have to worry about them. No, but uh, yeah, the U.S. three zero in like twenty minutes. That was that was insane. So shout out to the U.S. They uh they got a really good team, man. Better better than Mexico, I'll admit it. Uh, Edwin, any games that you were watching? That's tough admission right there, Ramon. As a Mexico fan, you never admit yeah, it. I'm even gonna, even gonna... even when the times are down for Mexico, you never admit that. You you always say you're the king of Concacaf. You score one goal off an own goal against Honduras when you have to win. I'm not. A... <laughs> I'm, not a... I'm gonna have to go clip that now just to post that everywhere. Tag, you realize tag, that? Uh, yeah, tag the Mexican national team. <laughs> we'll cla- we'll tag all of them, all of the players, <laughs> all of See, the that's... media. You know where. Clipping this. Don't do it, Justin. The thing is, Mexico will play up to their opponents come World Cup time. That's what they always do is they always play down, and then everyone counts them out. They, they get a group like Germany, and then and then they yeah, beat Germany out of out of nowhere. Yeah, I remember getting a heart attack, heart attack during that draw because I was like, Germany of all teams, really? But yeah. you made it through. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, Friday, Friday they got that, that World Cup World Cup draw. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the more interesting games of, you know, the World Cup qualifying, I think is underrated is the AFCON. Obviously, there's situations that went down in the Eastern game with the laser show and all that. But let it be known. Let it be known. I'm not here to make excuses for what with those laser shows and all that. But Egypt did the same thing in the first leg. You know, they did the same the same treatment and all that in the first leg. So. I mean, in that sense, you know that the Senegal fans were going to strike back. I, you, you knew they were going to come in forces, and they they brought like seven lasers on Mo Salah's face. And um, I do, I I did enjoy to watch all the Afcon. Uh, a little sad Nigeria did not go through, uh, but uh, USA fans in Ghana, obviously, they know the history. They're talking about it, and you know, Senegal. Props to them beating Egypt. Uh, I'm a big Sadio Mane guy over Mo Salah every day, so That's I appreciate that. Blasphemy. How dare you? No, most of <laughs> Listen, um, Sadio is a god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad Mo won't be able to go. Uh, he was hurt during the 2018 uh, World Cup, so he couldn't play up to his potential. So definitely sad to, to not see him this time around. But hopefully he'll be able to come uh, to the U.S. one in 2026. We'll see how that is, but uh the laser pointers was sick yeah yeah no 
Can we just pick up on that FC Tucson kit thing? Did you guys see that earlier? Have you seen no. that kit reveal? Should I look no, actually, it is a good kit, I'll be fair. It is uh, red and black, like stripes, but it, it's just good. It's good. Wow, the same day that Mexico dropped their World Cup kit. <laughs> it didn't drop because it was leaked, but yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the more photos were shown too. Yeah. The only way that you can make it better than it wasn't dropped, it was leaked now, is if somehow, <laughs> some way, they find a way to not be in the World Cup so it's not a World Cup kit at all. That's, That's true. true. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just the calamity of errors would be. And I mean, as we know here, we know that Ramon thinks that they're not as good as the US now, so... Yeah, that's really I don't think it's too far fetched. Stop, stop trying to get me in trouble, <laughs> Ramon. It's no, not you're, you're gonna log on to Twitter later and find that does Ramon think that Mexico are worse than the US bot? And it's just gonna tweet the answer to that every single day. Oh you see, God. there's an issue, Ramon. You you can think it, but you do not give the internet the chance to clip it. <laughs> so you you got to keep that to yourself. You, you say it to us off air. You don't say it when we're going out live <laughs> yeah, to the. You guys picking up on me today? You, got, you want me to go shirtless? You're saying that I <laughs> I gave up my Mexican citizenship. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> I, the kids are okay. I don't know the FC two someone's got the little thunder. Yeah, they they good. They good. They good. I don't like. I think I right there. I rate them. I rate it because I mean, if we're going like creative and you know things like that, I I do appreciate what they did. You know, they they pulled it off better than I think some of the rising kids are. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm not not giving a not giving clip fuel like uh, Ramon did earlier. But uh, you got to give credit to FC Tucson and the and the way they did it too. Hey, only also not white kids. They're not white kids, so there's a benefit. Oof. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, chat. Thank you so much for being active. As always, we always appreciate you. And again, if you guys are looking to sign to get a signed jersey, uh, head over to our Twitter, phnx underscore underscore rising. Double the underscores, double the fun. It's a 10K. And then, then we'll do that thing. Don't clip that. Um, all right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday. We'll be previewing uh, Saturday's game against San Antonio. So stay tuned for that. Until then, we will see you next time. Take care.